All right. Back. Hey, got all you up? Even Craig's got a picture in here. This is sweet. Okay. Yeah, uh, for you. No. I always thought he was a fox, but he does look like a bear now. Anyways, for you listening at home, we're all video chatting for the first time during this in hopes that uh, we don't talk over each other. And I thought today was going to be a slow gopher news episode, but it turns out there's kind of a lot. Um, we have sources. First of all, we have sources. I wasn't going to go into that part, though. Maybe a little bit for one of them. But uh, what are you guys doing? Doing good. We're getting closer to some gopher football here, so... That's pretty exciting. Yep. Yeah, it's been nice to uh, enjoy some college football Saturdays. It's going to be even better when the Ghosts are back. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah. forward to Saturday again. Football and just hanging out. The football games have really picked up with uh, SEC being back. I just think um, there's there's like, I don't know, there's just an extra intensity right now with them. I think it's because, we'll talk about them later, but the Big 12 seems pretty down this year. Maybe not. Maybe they'll have... Someone sneak into the playoff, but it doesn't really look like it's going that way. Um, also, about the SEC, they're playing more conference games than they ever. Usually, only do the eight, and then the Nash or the the conference championship game. It'll be better to see Bama play some more of those. Not that Bama's not always good, but they don't usually get the test of seeing you know, nine conference games from what a lot of people consider to be the best conference. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They usually kind of they do usually have a pretty soft schedule. Not saying they aren't good, but just, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of cupcakes. Um, I think this is like the first time uh, Joe Klatt said it. There's like the first time in like a decade, I think that uh, that Alabama will play um five Power Five conference schools in a row. They've usually always mixed in a non-conference or a bye week somewhere, but this year they're not going to be doing that, obviously. But yeah, be interesting. All right, guys. Uh, some Gopher news did happen this week. We have. Demetrius Douglas, who's got a few notable moments that we'll get into in his Gopher career. He is um, opting out of the season and just retiring from football. Uh, I think there's a couple ways you can look at this news. Um, I look at it pretty optimistically because uh, Fleck has talked very highly about some of the recruits coming in that are going to be true freshmen that might get on the field right away. Um, Demetrius Douglas was the punt returner and at times kick returner last year. Maybe that was only going to be his major role this year so replacing him there might be a little bit of a challenge i don't know we'll see um but i choose to look at it as just maybe he wasn't gonna get enough playing time on the field as he would have liked and maybe got passed up for that receiver three spot and he just said you know what i'm gonna graduate in december anyway maybe it's not worth it to him to stick around i don't know what do you guys think about that yeah i mean for how deep we are at wide receiver it's not like it's not the end of the world it's kind of a nice it's obviously nice to have more like experienced players. Um, and like you alluded to, Kurt, he has had some good moments and he's made some great plays. Um, but I think in general, you know, you can replace a punt returner, especially one that, I mean, he was okay, but he kind of randomly too would have some issues with fielding punts. And sometimes it was kind of like, all right, just just catch the ball, Demetrius, because sometimes it wasn't like too sure what was going to happen. Um, I guess my thoughts on it too were kind of like with Tanner Morgan, we don't really need like, Obviously, having Bateman and Bell is huge, but like Morgan can find anyone. Like he doesn't need his guys around him to kind of make those plays. I think he can kind of throw receivers open and make plays on his own too. Um, I think it kind of opens the door as well for more, uh, more. It's the last time we've said that about a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> never. Um, I guess the last thing too, I think it kind of opens up the door for maybe more tight end opportunities as well. I know we've been 
kind of talking about Brevian's fan forward lately. Uh, he's kind of the the big up and coming guy now. I think he's like a junior now, isn't he? A redshirt sophomore. Yeah, redshirt sophomore. So he's been around a while, and he's literally he's big, like six foot seven, two seventy something, two eighty. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see kind of how we replace that spot. Spence, go ahead. Yeah, you, you know, say? I think that you know, obviously, when you yeah, I was gonna say, you know, obviously, it looks like you know. Um, you know, I think that Douglas was kind of like that eye-popping name that we have on that depth chart, especially at the wide receiver position. Um, and, you know, I think it's just an opportunity to really, you know, someone to step up. Obviously, one and two are Bateman and Ottman Bell here. But, you know, I think that we do have a deep, you know, list of receivers that could certainly step up. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest, who, you know, where we're looking. Um you know, but I know it's an opportunity for some folks. But Max, I think you brought up a good point. Like utilizing that tight end, I think will be, you know, big. I think traditionally, you know, we've seen in years past, like that tight end position, honestly, was kind of like the number one go-to receiver at times, you know, especially, you know. Kill days. Yeah, right. I mean, it'd be great to see that. And I think we saw a little bit of that, you know, in that Auburn game. You know, when, who was that? Was that Witham who made that Yeah. one-handed catch? Or was that, I forget who made that one-handed that was, catch. That was Witham. And then fourth down. Um, and he also got the yeah. touchdown catch off the Seth Green play, I believe, too. Right. So, I mean, I'm excited to see if we can utilize that even more, which will open up, I think, even more, you know, receiving options, you know, when we're, you know, going downfield and everything. But, you know, yeah, it's a big loss. Um, I, when I think of Douglas, I think about that punt return. <laughs> I think that's yeah. his biggest biggest thing, you know, against Wisconsin. Um, but, you know, it doesn't concern me as much, um, I guess, as, you know, it should, I suppose. Yeah. Sam, anything that came to your head? Um, I guess, I don't know, kind of almost turned into a tight end punt. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, but, no. I don't want to speculate too much on why he left. It just seems like oh, his decision, but at the same time, I'm not worried just because we know how strong of a recruiter Fleck is, especially at the receiver position. So yeah. I'm not worried and wish the best of luck to him. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll talk about him for a second. Like Shirty said, the punt return versus Wisconsin, I think we all lost our minds when that happened, going up 17 nothing, going into half. That was huge. Um, so I think this gets overlooked, although I saw Fleck did give him a shout out for this as he was wishing him well uh, the other day. He, you know, people forget that Georgia Southern game. We had a third and 30 with like two minutes left down by, what was it, five or four points, I think it was, against Georgia Southern late in the game last year. Uh, oh, we, had a, yeah. we had a third and 30. He caught caught the ball probably on like a, a 10 yard out and was able to turn it up field and he got it to fourth and eight. And then they also threw it to him for about like nine yards on the fourth and eight. So he converted that third and 30 and kind of saved us on uh, that drive. He also, I rewatched the drive as soon as he announced he was done. Uh, he also made a super nice catch on the sideline that I still think was a catch, but they, they reviewed it and they, they ruled it incomplete at first. And they basically said they didn't have the evidence, but he just catches it stuck to his helmet. Um, his foot's dragging, but they, I don't know. I guess they couldn't overturn the call initially. But uh, Tyler Johnson happened a couple of plays later, and we were able to win that one. Um, and he, uh, you know, Fleck always raved about with Douglas, you know, like all of his test scores are there. Like he's super fast, super shifty. 
can jump, you know, like all these things look great. I'm not saying he wasn't great. He got stuck behind a lot of talent. I just, I know Samson not to speculate, but I just got to think that maybe, you know, I don't know if it was just route running or what, but something wasn't fully clicking there because with his physical traits, you would think to, for him to be a little bit higher up on the depth chart maybe. But uh, as far as names go to replace him, um, the two true freshmen that uh, Fleck has brought up is Douglas Emelian. I believe that's the one from Florida. I think he's from Florida. And then Daniel Jackson, he's from Kansas, right? I think that's the one from Kansas. Maybe not. Is that the one of them tall guy? I don't know. I knew I don't have a freshman a... that was like a real tall, speedy guy, and I thought he was from Kansas. Okay, Could so that would be wrong. Uh, I think I you're think right. I know we got a guy that's like a track star. That was like the quick. No, I well, the, I know. So we got Kai Thomas is the running back from Kansas, and he was a borderline four-star guy. And then we do have a four-star receiver from Kansas. I think it's Daniel Jackson. Not positive. But anyway, Daniel Jackson and Douglas Emelian. P.J. Fleck has actually both called them uh, precious at times. So I think they're going to they're gonna see the field. And especially when you don't uh, uh, lose a year of eligibility this season, um, you know, I don't think they're definitely going to get their chances in there, I think, for sure. Um, I like the tight end talk. I didn't even think about that. Maybe finally going to see Ford, Fan Ford out there making plays this year. Cause I feel like last season, he kind of got hyped up a little bit. Then we still didn't really throw the tight ends at all. Um, I'm hoping this is the year that, uh, you know, that comes back. Cause it's certainly open to it. We like to run the ball, like right up the gut, like inside zone, outside zone, a lot of stuff you can tie in with the tight ends there. So we'll see with that, I guess. Play action. Oh yeah. There was that one that should have been a walk-in touchdown uh, last year. I think it was uh, – is it Jacobs at the tight end? Jacobson? Paulson? One of the two. Um, there's Jake Paulson, yeah. Jake Paulson, yeah. Uh, he was – I think it was him. I feel bad if it's not him. But it, there we ran a play-action pass play against Nebraska. It was in the second half, so we were already up pretty big. And um, he just dropped it wide open. Like, he was all by himself. They all sucked up, and he was – leaking out but i'd like to see more stuff like that because i think it's definitely there we didn't really go to that too often except like you said to the nebraska or auburn game um anyway we wish douglas well um you know, he sounded grateful pj sounded grateful for his time here um next man up as pj says i guess and then so now that was the first bit of go for news uh i listened do you guys listen to ryan burns podcast at all once in a while no, it's podcast I, I haven't recently so. yeah, i have not so, either so he put out a show like right after us last week, and one of the names that came up was Braylon Oliver. And um, it sounds like Braylon Oliver has a leg injury. They don't think he's going to be ready for the start for the opener for sure. Like he's definitely out of that. PJ hasn't said this or anything. He says he's not going to speak on injuries. You know, PJ typical close to the vest. But on Ryan Burge went out and said he said don't expect to see Braylon Oliver this year like, at all. Wow. Um, well, I don't know if that's just how significant the injury is, or they don't think they'll be able to get him caught up in time to see it like worth it, worth bringing him back. So I'm not really sure on that. They didn't really get into why, other than he's got a leg injury. Uh, and Ryan Burns, I trust Ryan Burns. If he's saying don't expect to see him, I'm just counting him as out. Um, that's a pretty big blow. I think he was probably the most talented linebacker we had on the roster coming back. You know, we lost Kamal Martin, we lost, uh, Thomas Barber, not Marion Barber. Well, we did lose him, but that was a little bit longer ago. Um, you know, he was just so explosive. You saw him blowing up plays at times in the backfield. I was really looking forward to having him there full time taking over for Barber. But 
man, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, like you said, I don't know. Losing Braylon Oliver is gonna gonna be tough. You know, I really think that him and Sori Marin. All right, we're back. Um, we have lost our our recording audio for a second. Um, but anyways, as I was saying, fellas, you know, the loss of Braylon Oliver, if it's true, if he's not coming back this season, it's a big loss. I mean, he recorded 22 tackles, three and a half for loss and three sacks, um, during last season. I mean, he's a, he was a freshman. Um, so that's, that's a big loss. You know, he's only going to get better, obviously. Um, I'm looking at those that can step up in that position and I'm looking at a guy at, his name's Thomas Rush. Um, I just am looking at him because he's one of the guys that has some experience. You know, he played in a little bit last year, um, though I don't know if he's going to be on that that level. He played all 13 games, um, but he made three tackles total. So, I mean, uh, we it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if Sori Marin can, you know, step up and, and just be that dog. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's just that position is uh, is we're gonna miss that for sure. So one thing I'll add, I wouldn't. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it sounds like they've moved uh, Rush to kind of that Carter Coughlin spot, like an edge rusher. They kind of like him as his quickness as being up at that edge rusher guy. So um. I'm not saying he couldn't get switched back, but I think they like him up there as a rotating in at the DN spot as like a pass rusher. So see though. Um, and I'm trying to go at Max or Sam. Do you have something to jump in with on this? Yeah, I was. Well, I was gonna kind of mention Thomas Rush as well. Um, I was kind of just looking at the depth chart to see like I feel like I don't even know who all the backups are, but Thomas Rush is at least like a familiar name. I mean, he's played a lot on special teams. Um, he hasn't got a ton of playing time actually on defense, but he at least has like seen the field. He's not going to go out there and he's not going to look like deer in the headlights at least. So, I mean, it's definitely a bigger loss than like the wide receiver position. But I think as far as the, like the other guys on our defense go, I don't think it's going to be like completely detrimental at this point. Obviously having Braylon Oliver would be huge for us, but I think other guys can kind of step up and fill that gap. I'm personally a bit more concerned, not going to lie for our defense. It seems like that that is a big loss in this position that I'm kind of worried about. And then also, I mean, obviously I'm also worried about, like, the safety position in Winfield was, that man made so many, like, clutch plays and everything. So I'm really worried. I'm hoping they can step up and go for it again. If they're looking good, maybe we have a good recruit just sitting there that's diamond in the rough or something, or maybe they're just, again, I don't really know who we have for backups like man. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see, I guess. Uh, our offense, I'm super confident though. So I'm, I don't think that it'll be the biggest thing in the large. We'll still be a solid team. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know the the defense was really like we've mentioned it a few times. The biggest worry we had was just lack of experience, and now we're losing. Sounds like for probably the year, one of those guys that actually had experience as playing time. So now you're bringing in another body that's gonna be new. Um, there, I know they're high on a couple guys. Um, this is interesting. Uh, they put out a couple days ago, like a little hype video, you know, they showed them practicing, tackling each other. And a guy that was in there, uh, that seemed to be in the first team, he's shown breaking up a pass and making a tackle and getting, uh, congratulated by his teammates was, uh, St. Paul Highlands, St. Paul Highland Park's own Josh 
Ayun. I'm not Ayun, A-U-N-E. I'm not positive how to pronounce it. But um, he's a redshirt freshman, I believe, maybe sophomore. Um, he wasn't the highest rated guy, but if he's getting out there with first team reps, um, you know, he might be the one to watch out for. Maybe he's going to fill in and be that uh, middle linebacker. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lack of experience is definitely getting to be concerning with this defense, but maybe, maybe this weird off season. Oh, no, I take that back. I'm not even going to say that though, because I don't agree with it, <laughs> but, but it will help being, uh, I think. You know, Michigan's going to be a tough team, but I think having their um, quarterback be inexperienced as long as we're replacing a couple linemen up front, um, you know, maybe maybe it's a good game to like get people in, I guess, get them experience. You're not going to play against a lot better competition than Michigan, at least like recruit ranking-wise. You know? You're going to go against right. pretty much all the talent they have, so you're going to find out what you got, I guess. Um, I guess one last point, too, I kind of just thought of that maybe – Makes me feel a little bit better in general, just about the defense as far as, you know, we don't know how talented some of these guys are going to be, but I think we've all been pretty high on the defensive coordinator, John Rossi. Um, so I feel like he's going to know like what his guys can do and they're going to, he's going to put them in the best position possible to make every play. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I've felt like, even if we don't have that Carter Coughlin or that stud guy that can just go and make every play, we're at least going to have like the right scheme to match up with every team. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. I, I think I think you make a good point, Max. I, I think that I guess it's another, you know, time for Rossi to just step up and just show us that he is, you know, a great D coordinator. I will say this though, and this is the last point I'll make. Over the years, I've always been confident in our linebackers. Seems like we always have our linebackers that are pretty solid. This year is the year that I don't know if I feel that way. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I'm excited, though. You know, we're going to see yeah. someone become big time this year. So I, yeah, like you guys said about Rossi, I definitely agree with you guys on him being a great defensive coordinator. The improvement from Rob Smith. Yeah, Rob Smith was the guy who replaced just – Night and day. And then, so last season, I wasn't, I still wasn't completely sold on Rossi. It's like, yeah, he's strung together a few games. Well, let's see how we go against, you know, Maryland and Nebraska, who we like struggled with mightily last year. And we were just completely fundamentally a different defense out there. It's just so sound. Um, I actually think one of our rougher games, well, Wisconsin, you know, I think we kind of got worn down that one. I think Iowa, they started out pretty poorly on defense. But if you go back and watch that game, I don't think it was really the play calling, to be honest. You go back, we were just missing tackles or just not, like blown coverages that were happening that game. So I, I trust Rossi to get our guys in the best position. It's just now better if they're going to go out there and make the plays. Yeah, I remember that. It was kind of frustrating. I remember there being just a lot of missed tackles. Yeah, That was frustrating, but hopefully that's fixed. Yeah, um, man. Actually, you know, not trying to rip on them because they're gone and everything, but Barbary actually didn't look great that game either. But Dude, you're messed up. All right. So unfortunately, uh, Brandon Oliver is not the only one recovering from injury. Uh, Daniel Falalele is also, this one's a little bit more complicated. I didn't know what was going on. Um, this all started, and it's going to make me sound like one of those nuts, but like I, on Twitter, you're scrolling through and these fans are talking that have access to paid gopher forms that I don't pay for. So I kind of follow the tweet, like the tweets of them talking about it, you know? 
And one of the rumors out there was Falele hasn't been at practice. And I he did have leg surgery in the offseason. Like and um just a couple of weeks ago, I remember re-looking at um Brian Burns' re-upped depth chart and it said like he might not be ready for, for game one. Um if he's not even at practice, that led to other speculation, you know, because they should be getting tested and whatnot. Um, there was rumors that his weight has gone back up. He's already a big guy. So if he did have leg surgery, I'm not, you know, super surprised that, um, you know, his weight goes up if he can't keep up with the conditioning, especially, you know, offensive linemen. And a couple other things happened that have happened, uh, came out recently the past few days that made me kind of worried. You know, PJ was basically asked directly about Brandon, Braylon Oliver and Falele and, uh, he kind of just danced around the question completely. So he's not going to mention, comment on who's opting in, opting out, and also not injuries. So that kind of launched me to like speculation about, wait, is he just not, is he just completely opting out this year altogether? Like, is he just, com- you know, sitting out? Like Michigan, I remember texting with you guys about this and Spencer's like, you know, Michigan's in three weeks. We kind of need to know if he's going to be there or not. Um, so personally, after putting the, that stuff together, I don't think Falalele is going to be there week one. Now, we do have information um, that he did. He was seen last week at practice, and he got tested with the rest of them for COVID. Um, that kind of put some of the reliefs down about uh, him opting out. Not saying he still could, and maybe still trying to make up his mind, but um, that's just you know not great. If you remember the Wisconsin game when he went down, the O line basically went to crap. So uh, we'll start with Max this time. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's another one. Uh... I had to look at the depth chart and just see, okay, who's who's his backup? Uh, yeah. The only name I see is Tyrell Lawrence, true freshman. He's also the backup for left tackle. Um, I'm sure we have other guys that is, this isn't a complete depth chart. Um, Don't worry, listeners, I have a couple other names. We are screwed. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do uh, with our zone run game. We, I mean, I don't know how you're going to run either side of the tackle if you can't have your 400-pound beasts leading the way. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, looking at this Tyrell Lawrence, if he is actually the backup, I have no idea, but let's just say he is, he is, I think, uh, I just had his dimensions up. He's a big guy too. He's six, seven, three forty-five. So like, he's not going to be undersized necessarily, but coming in as a true freshman in this weird off season, I don't know how he's going to like match right. up as far as strength and conditioning and just knowing the offense. So I will um, jump in here real quick with this. So that's this. pretty concerning. <laughs> I think we know if Fall Ailey's out and the other ones are back from last year that we know the starting five, right? Because like, uh, he people forget. I forgot this until someone on Twitter reminded us. Uh, Fall Ailey was out that Auburn game. We just we what we do we've been doing is sliding John Michael Schmitz into center. Olson slides the guard. Uh, Blaze Andrews, I believe, stays at left tackle. Or I'm sorry, Blaze Andrews slides to the left tackle, and Schluter then moves to from left tackle to right tackle, and you have Dunlap there at right guard. So I would imagine that's what they're doing. It was just you know all line. We felt so deep with him there, and now all of a sudden that he's gone, it's like oh crap, we're down to five guys with playing experience now. Um, so and so the other thing I was just going to throw in here, um, let one of you guys jump in after this, but Dunlap had that day where he like opted out then opted back in the next day. You know, I know, I think he, rumor has his family might be going, he want to go back with his family just because of some personal stuff going on. Um, we'll go into that. But if he's not ready to play, now you do have to look at one of those unproven guys to plug in there at guard. Um, 
Yeah, so it just makes a lot things a lot more interesting here as we get closer to the start of the season. Yeah, you know, um, if Philae, it's I'm I'm with you, Curtis. He's not playing against Michigan. I mean, after you had told us that news, I mean, I just knew he he's not going to play. I mean, um, and you know what? After that surgery, you're probably it's probably right. He's probably gained weight. He can't move, you know. So I'm guessing that he's probably not as mobile as he once was. And especially if he hasn't been at practice, he's not really getting into that shape, especially by game time. So I think we might as well count him out for, if not this season, the first game. To be honest, if I was him, I'd probably just take this year and, you know what I mean, just kind of take it easy after surgery, recover, get in shape, come back next year full strength. Do I want him to do that? Absolutely not. I want him to play, you know, so that we can, you know, compete. But like you said, when with him being out, the line just shifts, right? The experience, everyone is there, it shifts. But if one guy goes down, we're looking at playing some guys without experience. And, you know, at the line, that's, it's going to happen, you know? Um, the only thing that doesn't really concern me as much, I, I guess, is the fact that we do have, you know, we do have our running backs. We have Mo. He's experienced. He can run through the tackles. He can make some plays. Um, but we we need that that front push. You know what I mean. And and Tanner, yeah. you know, I would hate for him, you know, to get flustered and just kind of regress only because our line isn't really up to par. Yeah. But you know, this this is uh this is a big loss on that offense. You know, if, with Falele gone, I am confident with you know, like you said, our the Auburn game we played very well you know, without him, but, you know, just one, one injury away from, you know, some new guys, fresh blood. And we don't have like those first few games really against these non-conference opponents to really get, you know, the juices flowing for these guys, you know, we're going to Michigan right off the bat, you know, a sound team. So it's going to be interesting. Sam, as a former offensive lineman yourself, what can you say about the continuity importance of an O-line? How it might be difficult having maybe not just one, but maybe two new bodies in there week one. Did we lose them? Uh, we must have lost Sam. Well, I can speak on that. Um, I had a brief <laughs> little stint. I had a brief little stint at the O-line. Um, but let me tell you, that is the core of football. Um, that The front on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, you know, the big men are the core of the game. If you can get, if you win the front lines of the football game, you're likely going to win, you know, you know, you're likely going to win. You're going to at least get some yardage, at least Sam, I'll let you carry on. Um, I don't know if you heard Curtis, but um, yeah, we were talking about, we were talking about um, how important is it to have a sound offensive line? You 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 did your stint in high school there. What is the importance of an offensive line? I jumped in because I had that brief stint there, but let's hear it from you. Um, I'm not going to speak on a D1 level because I never did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for collegiate for even mine, but um, uh, <laughs> um, I do know. Damn, I was trying to hype you up. Why'd you have to ruin it? I was going to be like, you be like the. Well, uh, well, you guys said I accredited one. I cut out like. Did you even hear me at all? I was like talking fit there. No, no, we didn't, <laughs> was not, dead we didn't hear you at all. Well, basically, that's just what saying. I said. Don't blow your cover. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I do know, though, that the whole shifting around is bad. Like, you can kind of bump out someone if you need to because that's where the athlete is, which I'm hoping someone can step up. But going to the whole other side of the of the line, going from left to right, it's a different stance and everything. And if you really have it down, it starts turning into basically like a left-hand, right-hand. You aren't a lefty or you aren't a righty, so it's going to be that much harder. I'm hoping someone can step up where you don't have that much shift. And it's just like bump someone down or just plug someone. I would agree. I would agree with that if it weren't that it worked so well last year. Like no, John Michael Schmidt was pretty dang good at center, having Connor Olsen bump to guard with because Dunlap struggled struggled at times last year at guard. So I'm not gonna lie, like if we had to rank them one to six of the six that started or played a lot, I think Dunlap is probably that sixth guy, which is crazy because I think his ceiling is so high. But um Yeah, no, I agree. It worked, but I'm hoping like you can just not have to worry about that. Like, there was a lot of shifting. I'm not saying it was the wrong call, but I'm just saying to not do that is that much. I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, un- I, I hope we have our but, our big body <laughs> yeah. healthy and going sometime earlier in this later. And he's so, dropped it up. So one thing also that adds to my doubts about Falele this year is um, Brian Burns just put out this article today with an uh, interview with the offensive line coach for the U. And I don't have it up, so I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, offensive line coach was talking with him today, and he talked. You know, he you know answered a question about how they got better from week to week last year. Um, what he likes about certain guys, and Ryan Burns didn't either didn't ask or just didn't put it in there. But there was not one mention of Fall Lele in that whole thing. He praised he praised John Michael Schmitz, he praised Blaze Andrews. He plays Schluter, uh, talked a lot about their competitiveness. I, I and didn't even I actually now that I think about it, I don't think he mentioned Dunlap either. So we might be without them both week one. I'm not sure. It just didn't give me a didn't give me a load of confidence there after hearing that interview. I mean, I love that he loves the guys that are there and that we saw last year. It sounds like they're getting better even, but down two of what you thought you had six deep is pretty disappointing. The other aspect of this too that worries me, um, maybe it maybe it's not the same, but it seems like from year to year the position, both offensively and defensively, is that on the line they seem to take the longest to kind of catch Going. up. If that yeah. makes like you don't have a preseason games, you get non-conference games. But like Spencer alluded to, we're starting the season against Michigan. Like game one is for the jug. It's not SDSU. And if you remember that SDSU game, they were running. They were rushing four, and they would just run a stunt and get it, like get pressure every single play. Yeah. Like, so that's <laughs> concerning for me. That not only are we losing him, but we're losing him early, and someone else is going to step up, rusty, and just figure it out. I guess against a really good team. Yeah, that worries me. But at the same time, they do have a lot of. They, they have been practicing this whole time, even this weird offseason, and they are a group that's also. I think they had that growth period last season. Like they grew a lot. And I think it's just trusting the guy. So if you have them both, that's that much better. But yeah, a lot of chemistry goes into a full front five and getting your block. So if they need that one body to step up, because, you know, I'm going with them, assuming they're going to put John Michael Schmitz at center, Connor Olson. It's Connor, right? Right? Connor Olson. Yeah. He's going to be at guard. Um, I know it's think- Olson. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've had a lot of Olsons over the years. Anyways, yeah. you're going to have Olson, Michael Schmitz. Um, I'm expecting Blaze Andrews to be that other guard. If if both of them are out, I think they'll keep him at guard. Maybe not. It depends 
uh, where they want to play the guy I'm going to mention. Um, Schluter's going to stay at left tackle. There's only like, two names on here that I recognize on the depth chart, um, or that's listed on like the projected depth chart for the Minnesota Gopher offense, and that's uh, redshirt freshman backup right tackle JJ. Got it? Good, good it? I don't know. I don't know how he pronounces it. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'7", 305. That was when he was recruited. Um, he had a lot of offers. That was a big three-star guy. He had offers from us, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma. So he was like a pretty big-time recruit. Um, it's a second year in, and he's listed on the depth chart there on the right tackle. A lot of our linemen that got redshirted weren't. So, like, you know, like they had their starters that were their backups if they were to go down listed on the depth chart. He was one listed. So, you know, I'm interested to see if he gets in there. Um, there's also Bayer, who's listed as a backup guard to uh, Curtis Dunlap, I believe, after after uh, Blaze Andrews was his backup, I think, listed on there. So those two, um, that would be interesting to see if either one of those can contribute. Um, but Got It was by far, like, he's 6'7". He's a big guy. Um, after being here a year, he's going to be probably even stronger, you would hope, bigger for sure. Um, so I'd be curious to see if he gets playing time starting week one. That's all speculation at this point because we really don't know until probably a few days before the game. That is a big guy. And uh, I actually just looked him up. That's a big neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy yes. cow. Yeah, it is. Like that. You should kind of... Yeah. <laughs> Do you think so? Do you think that at that right tackle position, do you think that Blaze will take over for Daniel, or do you think he'll be at the guard and Connor Olson will will I think, uh, will fill that void? So if we were down Dunlap because and because Blaze because Blaze can can also play the right tackle position, and Connor could fill the, that left guard position, and obviously uh, Michael Schmitz can can fill in that center position. And we can have Dunlap at the right guard. Yeah. So I was saying so I was more throwing this guy out this there. Chart. And obviously JJ Goodet, I think if that's how you pronounce it, he can, you know, fill in, I guess, the void. I mean, he sounds like his size, how you're exp- you know, how you're explaining it. He sounds like a pretty lengthy, hopefully athletic three hundred pounder, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I was know. just throwing that out there. Um Dunlap was out, so you would need to pull someone in that doesn't have experience. Right. I would just vote to see him first just because he's a big guy and was a bigger recruit. So right. seeing him out there, just um, see what he's got. What's weird this year is the no loss of eligibility at all this year. So, like, right. I, I mean, that's helpful for, like, some of the young guys because you don't have to worry about, like, uh, is he really ready this year or not? Like, you know, a lot of them get better, as obviously, the more games they play, but you might not be worth it to teams all the time to throw out that true freshman um and lose a year of eligibility but you can i know you can play him three games now but having this year it's like if you think he's going to be the best by like the end of the season and you got to get him playing now through a little bit through the first five games or whatever you can just throw him out there right away i think that's a really it's a really odd rule i think for this season right and honestly i would put you know if he's the next guy up good at I would say put him at, put him out there. If he's not starting, put him out there, rotate him in, get him some reps. Um, because at any moment, someone could go down. Or get a positive test. I mean, this season yeah. is just going to be there's odd. So, there's so many variables that, you know, everybody, I, not just the offensive line, especially them because we're so limited there, but everyone is going to have to be ready to step up. 
And yep. I think that's why teams that are deep and have a lot of experience just have such an advantage this year because if someone gets a positive test or if someone goes down like any year, I mean, they're just going to have a guy that knows what to do right away to step in. Um, it's actually a good transition to one of the things of top picks. Um, that reason specifically is why I think Wisconsin's going to be so tough this year. They lost two starters off defense. I mean, yes, those two were really good players in Orr and Braun. Braun? Braun did have an R? I don't know. Um, but they have they have whole secondary back, whole D line back, and in the secondary, not only do does everyone that was starting at the end of the year back, but they had a couple starters like before that were starters that got hurt. They're now backups to the guys that started at the end. They're just so deep. I, Wisconsin's going to be really tough. And uh, speaking of Wisconsin, they had some bad news come out. Um, starting co- quarterback uh, Cone sounds like. Some say broken foot. Some just say foot injury. I believe he had surgery, so he's going to miss a definite amount of time. They didn't specify, obviously, but he's for sure going to miss games, it sounds like. I don't know. A lot of people are speculating, you know, does that maybe shift to favor in the West? Uh, What do you guys think about that? For how high everyone's been on Graham Mertz, I don't know if it's going to change too much as far as the outlook of Wisconsin's season. Um, Obviously, we don't really know what Graham Mertz is going to be, but as highly recruited as he was and the kind of small flashes we'd seen when he did get some playing time, I don't think they have too much to worry about. Um, so I guess that from a, from a how people are going to look at it perspective, I don't think it's going to change too much. Um, but it does kind of introduce that unknown factor of, is this guy really going to work out in Graham Mertz as their quarterback? I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah. I think that this happens a lot of years with Wisconsin. You know, there's like two quarterbacks that, you know, are trying to still, they're trying to see who's going to play, you know, it was like Hornerbrook, right? And then there's Cohn and, you know, they, they still some, somehow managed to find the way to win the game. So really, you know, yeah, he's their starting quarterback. And yeah, maybe it sets them back a touch, but I don't think that it, it, it sets them back to a point where, honestly, they're not favorites in the West, you know. Um, I think that our losses, though it's not the quarterback position, are more far more significant than theirs. Like you said, Curtis, they're returning everybody on defense. Um, I mean, offensively, you know that they have someone cooking at the running back position. You know, they always yes. do. Um, so I, I, I see Wisconsin as just as much as a threat now as they were going to be even with Cone. Yeah. And what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it changed that. Nothing much. I, I you know, we we lost some good players, and now we have our own thing. And then, especially with COVID and all the other factors that are going in, I don't. This is really the biggest. Yeah, the one. So there's kind of two things. This he kind of torched us. Actually, he did torch us. He threw like 280 and two or three touchdowns last us uh, last year against us. Um, but I mean, this just happened to us last year. Zach Annick said it was going to be the starter. Had to have surgery on his foot. I think he had surgery on his foot. And so in steps Tanner Morgan, yep. and look where Tanner is now. I mean, and no offense to Tanner, because Tanner's obviously been great. I'm not saying these guys will be as good as Tanner, but both of their backups were highly recruit, more highly recruited than Tanner Morgan was. Um, mentioned uh, Mertz. He could go to a lot of schools. He chose Wisconsin. They're like He's like their highest QB commit. I don't know. I don't remember how. Maybe ever. Uh, they're super hyped on him, but he was at sounds like he was at QB three right now behind um, Wolf 
And Wolf isn't a guy you hear mentioned a lot, but I guess they really like him. And he had offers from Florida and Wisconsin were his main two choices, I guess, coming out of high school. So they don't have any just like slouches. It's not like, I feel like even if you just go back a couple of years, like Wisconsin had the one quarterback that basically just hand the ball off and would hit wide open guys. Um, no, Stave was pretty good. I don't know. I I just don't feel like they were as deep there as they are now. Spencer, you brought up they had to rotate a couple guys in a couple years ago under their former coach before uh, Christ, Chris. And uh, I don't know. They just seem deep everywhere this year. If they have a weakness, I really don't think it's quarterback. I think it's um, receivers. But as we've seen before, they find a way to just get playmakers the ball, whether it be lining, you know, running backs out there and running sweeps or just giving the ball quick to them i don't know i think i don't think this changes anything as far as um as far as who's gonna be the favorite to win the west i would still expect wisconsin to be the favorite there um i guess you could argue it just makes it a little more interesting because I, I think they opened the season with indiana isn't that what we said so indiana's not a slouch so going against them if the new quarterback in his first live action game does struggle you know that game could get interesting because indiana's got an offense for sure um and wisconsin's got a great defense maybe Maybe behind Ohio State, most talented defense, I would say, in the Big Ten, if you're just looking at it before we really know anything. But yeah, I'm, I think we're all in agreement there. I don't think it changes much overall. Don't speak. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the unfortunate thing is it's just so defeating. There's always, like, this slight chance, you know, that there's something going on. But, you yeah. know, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing we were going to get to is uh, – Big 12's having some issues, I would say, so far to start the year. Um, Oklahoma lost a second time, second time in a row this year. Uh, Spencer Radler is looking very much like a freshman, which is fair. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious he makes a lot of great plays, but he doesn't, I don't think, quite read a defense yet. I think that's pretty obvious for them. Um, Texas went down last week, too, so they have a loss. And now you have Oklahoma versus Texas week three, I think, or four, three or four for them of the season. And one of them could have three losses or they both could have two losses going forward. Oklahoma State's still undefeated. I believe Baylor's still undefeated. So those two are still an outside shot at the playoff, but um, man, it's just not looking good. What do you think? Baylor lost? Yeah, Baylor lost they, to West Virginia this past Oh, you're Saturday. right. You're right. Man, they're in trouble. They need Oklahoma State to win out. And, uh, okay, so say... Say Oklahoma State loses to one of Texas or Oklahoma. Say they're going to lose to one of them. Oklahoma State needs, sorry, Oklahoma State, I meant, Oklahoma State needs Texas to win this game. Like the Big 12, I think, should all be rooting for Texas because you can't have, you can't have Oklahoma at two wins winning or two losses winning the conference. You're out then. So I think if you're a Big 12 fan, you got to be rooting for Texas hard this Saturday. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? You're, you're exactly right. I think if you're the Big 12, no matter, even if you win out, you got, they're going to look at the competition you played, right? Like you said, Curtis, someone's going to have two, you know, Oklahoma and, and Texas right now. I mean, they, they're going head to head. Someone's losing that game, right? And um, obviously, we're looking at those big head, heads in, in the Big 12, you know, the Oklahomas. We're looking at Texas. We're looking at, um, Sorry, I'm I'm blanking. Oklahoma State, I guess, would be the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just it's just rough out there in the Big Twelve, you know. And and Oklahoma State has to play Baylor, you know, this upcoming Saturday, 
or not this upcoming Saturday, but the next Saturday, that's not going to be an easy game. Obviously, they, they have to play Texas and Oklahoma as well. I don't really see Oklahoma losing, you know, continuously throughout the season, nor Texas, though I had, I didn't really expect them to lose by now already, especially Oklahoma losing two games by now. So they're in a world of trouble because I just cannot see some, I can't see Oklahoma State winning out. And I, I think we're going to see the best team in the Big 12 have at least two losses. I completely agree with that point. I don't see how Oklahoma, just given their track record in the past, just doesn't keep getting better. And so if they say they do lose to Texas, but then they go on to beat Oklahoma State, they beat Baylor, they beat everyone else. And I mean, and then Oklahoma State beats Texas. You just, you don't know. I mean, I don't think a Big 12 team, I think Texas is, doesn't control their destiny anymore. Well, obviously because they lost, but like if Texas is a one loss 12 champ, I I don't. I think they need a lot of help to get in without shaping up. Because Bama looks good again this year, and Florida and Georgia both look good. And say Florida and Georgia are playing each other. One, I think they play in a couple weeks, and it's a close game. So one of them is going to get to go to the SEC championship game. The other isn't. Are you telling me that say Bama beats that other team, that that one loss team isn't going to get selected over? two loss or one loss Texas or Oklahoma State team I don't I don't think so I don't I don't think Texas would get in in that that scenario there the Big 12 has become go ahead Max I was gonna say it seems like like the Big 12 has kind of became pretty interesting the last couple weeks because it seemed like even on a national level Oklahoma was sort of like a lock to make the playoffs and now it's like who is the best team in the Big 12? No one really knows. Is it Oklahoma? Is it Texas? Is it Oklahoma State? Is it Iowa State? Is it TCU? I don't know. Like, none of them are really proven that they're that great. But between all of them, like, obviously, talent-wise, you can tell who's the most talented. But who's going to win between every single game? It's kind of, it's gotten really interesting, which is the fun part of college football is you have to still play the yeah. game to prove it. But I don't know. Sam, have any thoughts on the Big 12? There's big losers in your book. No thoughts. Big fat losers. No. Okay. <laughs> you guys basically covered it all. I didn't even know what to say after that. So I was just chilling. <laughs> yeah, you, you're rooting for Texas, basically. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not. I think. Looking I good think they got to root for Oklahoma State to win out. I think an undefeated Oklahoma State team gets in. But I just, you know. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. I just don't They're know if Oklahoma State will do it. I think Oklahoma State's a good team, but I think I don't know they. Maybe it's just from years past. You know, they never seem to just quite put it all together. They just never quite win the Big 12, it feels like, at least outright. Um, I just can't drop I can see it happening. I think it'd be interesting and, to see it shake up, though. Like, I, I kind of oh, agree with Spencer, I, but it'd be fun. I like Coach Gundy at, at Oklahoma State. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing them win at all. It's just, you know. Certainly not. I, 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 I certainly think that, you know, I've always liked Oklahoma State, you know. I just, I... <laughs> With what I've I can't seen see them beating both Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't mind seeing a resurgence of TCU either. I don't really no. know what they're going to look like, but their quarterback looked pretty good against Texas. Yeah, uh, he almost committed to the Gophers back in the day. Oh. We need him now. Yeah, we need him now. He messed up. Um, yeah, that's true. TCU didn't look awful in their loss to Oklahoma uh, to Iowa State, and I believe that was their first game of the year. So. I think they might get a little slack. I, I mean, you never know. It's going to be so tough to tell how every team starts off this year. Um, 
That's why I've been really impressed with Bama. I know they didn't play the hardest team in Missouri week one, but he just rolled them. And then A&M got rolled by Bama too. Bama looks back. Kind of look like a hybrid to me of uh, years past. They got the dominant run game uh, with Najee Harris, like the BCS era Bama teams, but then they still have just three prolific receivers, kind of like last year again. They can air it out and throw for 400 yards a game. So they look pretty dang good, I'm not going to lie. Are you sold um, on their QB? Yeah, after that A&M Me game, too. absolutely. He looks really good. Um, Because you know, I, I think everyone was surprised, me included, that that five-star redshirt freshman, he got in, actually I don't know if he got in all last year, but um, he's a true freshman last year for him. Bryce Young, I think, is maybe his name. I'm not positive on his name. Um, he's from California, and everyone's talking about, uh, I don't have a, He's the bee's knees or something. I don't know. Everyone's expecting to be like instant Heisman winner for Bama, but uh, they named Mac Jones the star, and everyone thought he would just kind of get passed up because he, let's be honest, he didn't look great last year, but he looked deep better than he uh, against Michigan than he did against Auburn last year. Um, but he came out these first two games, and he's just been on the money. Um, it looks pretty good to me. He keeps it going. I think he'll – I feel like there's like five people in the Heisman race right now that all have like a legitimate argument, and if he keeps going at this rate, I think he's one of them. So um, now I just wanted to get to uh, some lines for this upcoming week's game, weekend's games and uh, see what you guys think. Uh, the main one, at least for me anyway, Clemson versus Miami, both undefeated. Might be the two best teams of the ACC this year. I'd say it probably is actually. Um, well, Notre Dame's in there, too, this year, so that's kind of weird. I guess I don't know where Notre Dame fits in. But anyway, this might be the top two teams in that conference facing off this year. Uh, is it at Clemson? Might be at Clemson, I think. Defer to Max, the research guy. You like yeah. Jamie on Joe Rogan. Here, Max. Who? Jamie? I don't Have you ever watched Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan. Joe Rogan podcast? Is like the tech guy that brings up all the videos. My is at Clemson this weekend. All right. That makes sense. Um, I know Clemson is a 14-point underdog. I'm sorry, favorite. 14-point favorite against Miami at home. That just seems like a lot of points to me. Maybe I'm just... Because I didn't think Clemson looked fantastic against Virginia last week. Um, Miami's looked really good against everyone they've played so far. Like, actually dominating. Louisville. Uh, the other team they beat the crap Florida out of. State. Florida State. That one was... Not fun yeah, to watch. You know what? Here's here's what I'll say though. Miami is a you know it's Miami, but yeah. I just maybe it's a personal thing. I don't I don't believe in them. They're playing at Clemson Ooh. at Clemson. Fourteen point favorites. They'll win by twenty one. I'll, I'll oh, say right now, you're, by you're taking Clemson in the spread. See, I don't. I'm oh, taking yeah. Clemson in the spread. How confident are you on that, Spencer? Confident. <laughs> $5 confident to, to go over the spread. Yeah. He's betting you five bucks. He's taking Miami. You're taking under them, huh? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I think I would honestly, I, a couple thoughts go to my mind, just how good Miami's looked and Clemson not looking the best last week. I think Clemson's going to win maybe by two scores, two touchdowns though. I don't know. I think I would take Miami on the points maybe, especially this early in the year. I mean, that's that's why I'm banking on because Clemson, like a lot of those big teams, struggle. They look at North struggle. Yeah, they start they slow though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Trevor Lawrence. So you're gonna own me other... half a drink in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so so far, hand. sorry, Max. Sorry. I'm just gonna say Trevor Lawrence is 
been on the money this year, like right out of the gates. He he was kind of part of that slow start last year for them. So maybe, maybe Spencer's right. I don't know. But if I had to bet, I think I'd take Miami on the I'm spread. I'm sorry, but Miami played a sorry Florida State team. I don't believe, I don't see it. I do not Louisville see it. Okay. Louisville was Florida State okay. overrated. They destroyed Louisville. Yeah, but Florida State. You're, you're the expecting, thing. wait, the, let me just clarify the bet. It's 21 they have to beat him by. Is that what I was betting on? Oh, I thought you said the spread over. I'll, I'll, you know, that, I'll just do the spread. I'll do the spread. That's <laughs> my fault. Sam's that, just oh, getting an extra seven points. That's my fault. That's my fault because I jumped in there. I jumped in there saying Sam's taking Miami in the spread. And I think that's where I started the confusion, even though I'll Spencer still, said that they're going to win by 21. Anyway. I'll still take the spread. Yeah, that's fair. I think Miami looks a little bit different. I know they've been hyped up in years past, but they look more fundamentally sound i think this year like the quarterback's a legit player coming over from houston uh Eric king or Dreek king i can't remember his name anyway he looks he looks really good the defense uh head coach at miami he was their d coordinator that defense looks like real this year they got the athletes on defense they'll keep up with clemson at least for a little bit i think i'll try and shut down clemson as much as anyone can shut down clemson i guess but yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like it's gonna be a little bit tighter than, than that spread. Actually, did you throw in your guess? So so far, I'm hearing two for Miami, one for Clemson. Not so fast. Clemson <laughs> wins by more than 14 points. That's right. I would also That's take right. Clemson and Sam. I will take your five dollar bet as well. Whoa, 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 whoa! All right, <laughs> I'm not throwing down ten. I just want. Why? Five. If you win, you win ten. Or double. It's true, but if I lose, it's, I lose fine, 10. Fine, fine. I'll do I'd it. I'd like to do a different bet. All right. All right yeah, I'll bet Kurt. But this. Get out of here, Sam. But this. <laughs> we, this is, I'm going to, we're going to do this on air. Uh, we're going to do spread picks each time. We change who we're up against every week. I like whoever, it. Whoever wins yeah, that yeah. matchup, whoever wins that matchup wins the other person's five bucks. What if everyone right. agrees? Yeah, what if we all everyone. Or is it only... This is tricky. Uh, well, we can know, we man. can keep track overall, but then no, we'll no, have We'll find a spread that you know. Fine. Um. Okay. Uh. We we'll do. Okay. But like, let, let's just do this bet right now. Okay. Like, just do this bet right okay, now. Okay. But the tiebreaker. Get like a spreadsheet and see more accurate. Tiebreaker. Then we'll go to over under. You got to pick it, even though that's not gonna factor in in anything unless it's a tie. Okay. And then if you agree on that, also no got to guess a score and it's closest score prediction. All right. Okay. Wait, who is if this you... for? Is this for just the Gopher games? Or... No, we're gonna pick. We're gonna pick a few games each week. Anyway, right. we'll we'll start. They will start that next week. But that's what we're gonna do, listeners. So have fun listening to us talk about that. All right, Max. What's the next game we're picking? The next game we are picking is no. I don't want NFL. Sorry. Bikes I don't know why cut. I looked up. Uh... I had the lines up, and now the NFL just popped up. I had to reload. This Sorry. is our like warm up for our trip to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. All right. The next game, we're gonna jump right in with the Red River Showdown. Oklahoma is a two point favorite against Texas. Mind you, the over under is seventy two and a half. Holy crap! <laughs> That's a lot of points. Um, oh, if I had a bet. Tougher. If I had a bet, I'm taking Texas. I will take the points. I think they're pissed off. I think Oklahoma doesn't know what they're doing at this point. Rattler seems rattled. What, wait, what, what's the spread? Hook them horns. Oklahoma, Oklahoma minus two. two. Ooh. Um, I'm what, with you. Um, I'd take, where are they I'd playing? Take Texas. 
Are they playing at the Cotton Bowl? Yeah, they always play there, I'm pretty sure. Texas is winning. I agree. I don't see Ellinger going down his last season like this. Texas is winning. I'll go the opposite, not for money. I'm just going to say uh, Oklahoma. Double down. Maybe they'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not confident with this one. I think it can happen just because I think they can get kind of their stuff together. See how I didn't swear well, there, Kurt? Oklahoma can win by three <laughs> and you win. What? Oklahoma can win by three and you win. Yeah. They can win by... You're trying to talk me into something that I don't want to do, but I, I yeah, don't want to win by one, and you would and you would I'm lose. Confident to pick that, but not confident to put money on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I uh, I think Texas. Not that Texas looked great. I think offensively they've looked a little bit. They seem more like late starters and not as um inefficient as Oklahoma has been at times to me this year. So. Like Max said, I just trust I trust Texas's offense more than I trust the freshman quarterback at wow. Oklahoma. So do you know what we all just predicted then? Oklahoma will be a three loss team already. Yeah. The Big Twelve is in Texas, trouble. Texas the Big Twelve well, is yeah. in trouble. Never, when's the last time Texas like they always seem to shoot themselves in the foot or do some weird oh, four, when was that? Oh five? Sure. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that long oh, ago. Four. Five when they won it, oh six, yeah, oh five, I think that right. is long, guys. That, that's 15 years ago. Oh, we're in golf for years because people ask us when we were good, that's a long time. Oh, three, <laughs> I, was, I was going, I was going back to like, yeah, about it. Think about that, it's like about 50 a century and ago, yeah, it's close, it's not even, it's not even half a decade anymore, it's longer ago than that now, yeah. I mean, we weren't even. I, I mean, my dad wasn't even alive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, when we talk about that, we're, we're back, babe. No, I'm not going to say that yet. We're on our way. <laughs> we're coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all right, so three for Texas, one for Oklahoma. Um, there's one more big game tomorrow. It was an SEC one, I thought. Uh, there was two other ranked matchups that I was going to talk about. The SEC one is Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia yes. is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh. That's a really good line, I feel like. I feel like that's That is beautiful. That's on. a beautiful line. These experts are great, I tell you. I'm going to take right. – I would take Georgia. I just don't know if Tennessee is the real deal. Um, Georgia yeah. looked really good against Auburn. Uh, their quarterback impressed me a lot. Um, and I don't know. It's inside the football numbers. They can win by 13. And they'll still cover. I agree for every reason you just said. I don't have anything to add. That's all I was going to say. Bulldogs, baby. Bulldogs. I got Georgia if I cut out. That's what I said. For all the all right, reasons so, Max said. Yeah, I, I, I got Georgia. I don't trust that they're the real deal. And I think Georgia's a better team than last year, possibly. But not. I don't think by a large mean. But still, I don't. Yeah, I, I'll take Georgia Georgia's offense looked super simplified last week, but also better in the same way. It's like efficient. Yeah, we're just gonna get our stud playmakers the ball. I mean, it's Georgia; they're a top ten recruiting class pretty much every year. They have the athletes there, and it just—I don't know why their offense struggled so much last year, but this year, at least last week, anyway, they seem to just really be clicking. Can't say the same for the opening week, but they looked a lot better last week against what people were saying is going to be a pretty good Auburn team. But what happened? So we're all in agreement on that? Yep, yeah. we all got Georgia. Sorry, Vols. What's the, what's the <laughs> spread there? If we're all in agreement, we have to do the spread. You mean the points? The te- the spread for Georgia? Yeah. 
They're Georgia 12 and a half point favorites. Oh, I'm sorry. The over under. I apologize. Okay, oh, yeah, I was confused on that. Uh, the over under. Ooh, ooh, the over under is only 43. Man, that's pretty good, too. I would mm-hmm. err on the side of mm-hmm. over. 43 over. points. I could, uh, oh, wait. Was, yeah. I'm going to say over, too. I'm going to say think, over. We're just getting four tutties. Least. I'm gonna say yeah. So here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 31 to 17, Georgia. Sounds right. I think it might be a little closer than that, though. But yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the over. I'm I think I would as well. Yeah, I'm taking over. <laughs> all right, we're all going over. 35, 35, 80. Uh, breaking news: Tyler Johnson had his first catch, broke a nice tackle. Ooh, made a really nice play. So his first catch went for about 27 yards. Looks like damped up. Played by Tyler Johnson. Congratulations wow, to first NFL catch. Not surprising. Nope. From the great Tom Brady. Yeah, he's playing with Tom Brady. Him and Winfield are teammates with Tom Brady now. That's insane. And Gronk. Winning mentality. <laughs> Gronk. Gronk showed him how to party it up in Tampa. Yikes. <laughs> um, Is this our last segment? The last, uh, yeah. the last ranked matchup that I wanted to talk about for the spread is Virginia Tech and North Carolina in the ACC. North Carolina is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Over. Where's it at? It is at North Carolina. Is North Carolina I... undefeated? Yes, I believe so. They, I hope so. They're number eight. They yeah, they are. Their quarterback looks like, a, like a mini... Uh, it's like a mini Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Just kind of a that. stocky guy that can run around. Virginia Tech, say, known for great um, over. Or I'm, I'm going to go with, sorry. There you go. I'm going to go with UNC. All right, so Virginia Tech prides himself on defense and special teams. North Carolina reminds me a little bit. They've got a lot of talent. They're kind of that flashy team, you know, can come out and make mistakes sometimes. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it's going to matter. I think they're just that much better than Virginia Tech. I am taking North Carolina to cover and win by double digits. Boom. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, that's a weird line because it, yeah, like just seeing the matchup, I would think North Carolina would win by like 10, but Vegas knows something. I'm taking Virginia Tech. I think North Carolina is going to win by just a field goal, but Virginia Tech's going to cover. you have inside COVID information, Max? No. Okay. Just checking. I'd be a lot richer. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, it's Sammy. Sam. Over. I thought I'd been saying this throughout the time. Yeah, over. Uh, over what? Over, over. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, they'll take <laughs> North Carolina. All right. Yeah. Well, Sam's checked out. Yeah. A little bit. I did actually have some questions whenever we're done with this. Oh, they're not podcast questions? For the podcast or, like, things we can help you with? Yes, they're podcast questions. <laughs> things you want the audience to hear? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't okay, know well, if you want to say my question. I had two, but I only remember enough. But uh, okay, what's your? Are we doing like? Well, I know we can't with COVID and everything, but are we doing like some sort of contest again, like last year, inviting like any listeners to join in, or do you have anything on the brewing, Kurt? Um, no. We, I mean, Team I just don't. <laughs> we, I just don't know. Like the bowl mania is an easy one. I don't know how else really to get. And super involved, I guess. Um, How do we get our tens of I mean, listeners? I you don't have engaged? to say. Yeah. How about this? Send us a tweet. Like yeah, the, tweet like us. the tweet. 
let us know what you all think. How would you like you to join idea? our podcast? How would you like to get involved? I would say we could all throw in money, but I think the state would shut us down for running a game, <laughs> for running a little sports gambling. That isn't gambling if it's just a prize. It's a donation. Like if they, if, yeah, if they're not putting any money forward, that's not You're going to pay him, Sam? You cut out. Kurt's the only one that cuts out for me. Sam's going to pay him. I, that's what I'm getting. Cutting out for the rest of you? No. No. All right. Um, any other questions, Sam? <laughs> I don't know. If, if viewers, listeners, if you have something, um, feel free to suggest it on Twitter. Uh, one thing we mentioned, Sam, I don't think you're here yet. Um, I've thought about the idea of maybe going live immediately following Gopher Games so we can like just get raw emotion reacting to games, whether we win or lose. Uh, we would create a YouTube channel and do that. Do like a video stream chat like how we're doing there. Um, that way people could join the live, the chat of the live stream and ask questions there or make comments and we could talk about how everyone's feeling about the game. Oh, that was my second question. That just clicked it. Yeah. Where are we watching the game, boys? I, I unfortunately, first game will be out of state. But um, after mm. that, oh. I don't see why you guys can't come here for any of them that you would like to. I guess, yeah, first game. But I was just talking, I guess, this week. Oh, wants to tell Sam the bad news. You're not invited, Sam. All right, I guess. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll be watching football this weekend from my cabin. I'll be out of town. I'll be in town this weekend, but I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm watching the NBA Finals on Friday. That's Fridays. Saturday, I don't know. I got to study for the MCAT. Sam, I'm I'm not... Our viewers don't need to hear (laughs) I'm not sure that was a question for the podcast. All right. We're still recording, Sam. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate the listens. Makes us feel good when we check the numbers and see that there's actually people out there that are listening to this (laughs) on a weekly basis. Oh, gosh. We made it this far through this episode. Well, you know what we are? Like, sorry. <laughs> um, row the boat, Skyuma, go Gophers. Good night.